North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hello! As you guys can hear, my voice is a little raspy. I call this my sexy Demi Moore voice. You guys are tuned into Dr. Lowe Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Welcome. If you are new to the show, if you're a repeat listener, welcome back. And it's been a couple weeks since I posted. It's there, I've had some uh, curveballs thrown my way. I'll put it like that. But everything is all good. I actually feel really good. I just sound, um, you know... A little sexy. I want to give some love to my sponsor, Organifi. I swear, you guys, if you haven't tried this juice, you have to get some. It is so freaking good. And I have to say, during the holidays, this saved me from the stress of just everything that was going on. So if you're not familiar, Organifi is a freeze-dried superfoods, greens, powder that you basically mix with water and drink it down. And it's just like buying one of those expensive juices. It's so good. And what I love about it is it has some specific herbs in it that help with your, that help with stress. They help your body deal with kind of the onslaught of the day. And ashwagandha is what I'm referring to. It's been used for thousands of years in Ayurvedic medicine, and it's a really, really powerful herb. It helps to support the adrenal function. So if your adrenals are overactive, where you are super wired but tired, you're burning the candle at both ends, you're just this go, go, go person, or maybe you're just wiped out and you just feel like you can't keep up with everything anymore. Using the power of herbal medicine is, I really think, where it's at. There's really nothing else that substitutes for these powerful powerful plants. So I highly recommend it, you guys. It's it's also infused with coconut. There's many healing benefits of coconut. It's antiviral, antibacterial, um, antifungal, and also it's loaded with electrolytes. And it's also anti-inflammatory. So if you have aches or pains, just generally inflammation helps to bring that down because it has uh, curcumin and turmeric in it, which is also very anti-cancer. So it's it's a magical superfood is, is what I see from this formula. One more cool thing about it that I love is that it's alkalinizing. So we hear about alkaline and acidity, and in general, we want our body to be more on the alkaline side because cancer cannot grow in an alkaline environment. So the more that you can create more of an alkaline environment, you're protecting yourself from chronic disease, including cancer down the line. So love, love Organifi. You can pick up your order at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. Dot com and then at checkout enter Dr. Lowe and you get 20% off your order, which is a pretty cool deal. So that's Organifi O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. Enter Dr. Lowe and you'll get your deal. I'm really excited to bring my guest on. We're talking all about 
food and eating. And this is a perfect opportunity given that it's a new year. I know a lot of us are feeling inspired and motivated and excited to maybe transform some things that we didn't like about 2016. Um, you know, if you're wanting to take on your health more or eating habits and just what I see is just being kinder to yourself. That's what we're, you're going to get out of this episode. So uh, without further ado, I'll bring on my guest. Enjoy. And you'll notice this was recorded a few weeks ago, so my voice sounded a little bit clearer back then. So enjoy, you guys. All right. We have an amazing guest joining us tonight. We have dietitian Cassie on the show. Really excited to have her on. A little bit about Cassie. She's widely known as Dietitian Cassie by her fans and followers. I'm sure many of you have been following her. And she is a celebrity registered licensed dietitian. She's the founder and CEO of the wellness company Healthy Simple Life and the number one international bestselling author. She has really built a, quite a big following of loyal fans and helping people get to the root of their health issues, especially ones that healthcare practitioners often are overlooking. And she's done lots of corporate, um, major corporate speaking events, personal client coaching, and she has a regular column called Real Talk with Dietitian Cassie in Paleo Magazine. I'm sure many of you have been a reader of that. And in that, she reveals the transformational power of real food and evidence-based nutrition to help people find freedom from their diets and chronic health conditions. She's been involved in many different major media outlets, including including CBS, ABC, Fox News, CNN, Time, Cosmo, Self, Shape, Women's Health, Huffington Post, I could go on and on, and they covered Cassie's quest to debunk the lies and spread the truth about the food that we eat. So really important work that she's doing. Cassie, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Welcome to Dr. Lowe's show. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's great to have you. And I just have to say, I just... First and foremost, I love the approach you have with health. It's it's educational, but it's also really approachable. It's not scary. It's fun. So I just want to say that first and foremost, I love the work you're doing. I think it's really, really important. And so, yeah, you're rocking it, girl. Well, I think we're on the same page. I love the work that you're doing too, that you have that same similar approach. I don't think it needs to be scary and hard. There's too much misinformation out there that gets people thinking that nutrition and weight loss and health is just so complicated and it's stressful and it really doesn't need to be. So that's my goal is to break it back down and make it simple for us again. Yes. Yes. I firmly believe if it's not fun, it's not worth it. So we can make this whole thing with health fun and like, you know, approachable and something where no matter where you're starting from, there's always steps you can take to better your health, to make health more doable and, 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 and also make it where it's realistic in your day to day, right? Like it's having those, those habits and those, you know, lifestyle changes to make it something that is for the long haul and not just like a fad that you're doing or, you know, a trend. So, um, so we'll jump more into like ways to kind of make that a reality. So, but before we do that, I want to learn a little bit more about you personally. What got you into this world of dietitian work, health, nutrition? What's, what's kind of your story coming into this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so many women feel frazzled and defeated and like failures because they've tried everything they can to lose weight and nothing seems to work. And they believe that there's something wrong with them. And I really believe and have seen that it's not them that's flawed. It's the information they've been given. And I know what that feels like because that was me. And I believe that so strongly because when I got to dietitian school, that's when I really realized that the very things they're teaching us in dietitian school were the reason I gained 20 pounds in school. 
because I was following all of the dieting rules that were being taught. And instead of losing weight, I was actually gaining weight. Yeah. And that was a huge light bulb moment for me when I was eating low fat and counting calories and you know exercising all the time and doing all these things that were supposed to be making me healthier. I was actually gaining weight and I felt sicker and I had like the lowest energy levels I've ever had in my whole life. And then that's really when I started thinking, gosh, something is backwards here. Something's not right. And then what happened next is when things got more serious for me, when um, what happened was to someone really close to me, it was my last year of dietitian school when I got the call and my father had to have immediate unexpected major heart surgery. Mm. And for as long as I could remember, he was the picture of health. He was following all the same dieting rules that I was. He was fit and healthy or so I thought. And he was actually even running a race when he experienced chest tightness, yet he ended up at the hospital. So again, I was just like, gosh, something is not adding up. You know, doctors and dietitians told him to maintain his low calorie, low fat diet. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really got angry. I was like, his low fat, low calorie diet is what landed him here on your operating table. And that's when I really started to realize that the whole dietitian industry is actually funded by the food industry, you know, primarily McDonald's and Coca-Cola. How convenient, right? Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, the whole system is backwards. And that's when I got mad and decided it was time to really take matters into my own hands. And that's when I became determined to figure it out on my own. And, you know, in, in that process, it was really, you know, in dietitian school, when these worlds came together full circle where I, you know, I was trying to help myself and help my father. And when I started to really dig into the research, I had one of the biggest realizations of all. That's when I realized that you know, there wasn't something wrong with me and there wasn't something wrong with my dad. It's actually the information that we've been given. And, you know, so many people feel like they're doing the right thing, but they're not seeing results or maybe they're even getting sicker or heavier or end up in a worse place. And it's really because we're given the wrong information. Yeah. So it was based on my findings and I started testing on myself and I started getting results and I lost weight and it not only came off effortlessly, but it stayed off. And then I started testing with my dad and with some patients and they started seeing results and that's really when I realized, you know, that's why I was put here on this earth is to spread this message. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you're super passionate about it. I can sense that from the work that you do. And um, so it's really fun to watch. And I, and I know you've, you've probably just made a huge difference in so many people's lives with this. And, and the, the, the training, like you said, with dietitians is very, it's in a box and it, it, it adheres to certain rules that it's not, um, it's, I'll just say it's not coming from very clean data. So how did you break that mold when it comes to the, the, the training of, of being a registered licensed dietitian? And, you know, how did you kind of bring a, a, a little more of a holistic approach and not be having to stick to those dietitian rules? Mm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because you're right. I mean, what, what dietitians are still being taught in school to this day is really based on information in dusty old textbooks. It's not yeah. based on, you know, current evidence and research and science. Um, well, I really, you know, I, I started really digging into the research and that's when I realized that, you know, f- for instance, you know, weight loss and, and metabolism, those are, there's so much more to them than just calories in and calories out. And it's not even just about food. You know, as a dietitian, we're, we're really taught in school that food, you know, matters the most of everything. And of course, I believe food is really, really important, but there's so many factors beyond just food alone that play a role in how our body functions and our metabolism and really, you know, more that functional medicine approach that that you have. So that's when I started really diving into like, what are these missing puzzle pieces? You know, why, why can people eat, you know, hardly any calories yet they, they gain weight. And I yeah. saw this happen over and over when I worked in a hospital setting. We would actually reduce the calories that people were taking in. And we'd do this in a really controlled way. I, I can think of one 
um, patient who was actually on a tube feeding. So he wasn't eating anything else other than the calories that we were feeding him through the tube. And we were trying to get him to lose weight. And, it, you know, the further we reduced his calories, the more weight he would gain. And I just remember that moment thinking, gosh, this, there's, something, there's something more to it. It's not just about calories. So it was really, you know, looking into all these other missing puzzle pieces, which I actually outline in my best-selling book. And these are like the hidden keys to unlocking that stubborn weight loss. And there are things like thyroid and gut health and stress and supplements and, you know, food sensitivities and alcohol and all of these things that, you know, are somewhat tied into um, to food, but they're not just about food. Yeah, right. Exactly. So food is information. And like you said, it's not all about just calories and calories out. It's that it depends on what kind of calories you're having. So, you know, 10 calories from fat is going to perform differently than 10 calories of carbohydrates in your body, right? So knowing how your body is going to process this information is important. So I would love to, let's like, let's jump into, I wish I always say on my show, I wish I could be like, I could, I could have a reality show for each of my guests and just see what you guys all do throughout your day and see what are the things you're eating? What are some of the habits you have, you know, cause you guys practice what you preach. So let's, let's jump into a day of the life of Cassie. So what, what's like a, a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, what's a normal day for you? What that looks like? So every time I eat, I think of PFC, and PFC is the term I coined for eating in combination of the three macronutrients. You're having protein, healthy fat, and carbohydrates. And I, I eat, you know, every three to four hours or so during the day to really keep my metabolism supported and energy levels boosted. I know some people can go longer than that, but that's just what works for me. So what I do first thing in the morning within, you know, 30 minutes or an hour, um, right away, I'll have my coffee with, with heavy cream. And I'm actually, I was talking to you before the show, I'm in Scotland right now and they have double cream. So it's tons of fat. <laughs> my body and actually the body of a lot of our clients, a lot of our women, they do so well by adding in healthy fat, a lot more healthy fat than they've been eating in the past because fat actually supports our metabolism and our brain function. So I make it a point to get in some fat with my coffee right away. And then pretty much every morning for breakfast, I have eggs. Today I had scrambled eggs and I actually use the little bit of heavy cream eggs as well. So the eggs would be my protein. And then my healthy fat was the cream. And then I also used about a half of an avocado and chopped that up. And I sauteed about a half of a sweet potato on the side for my carbohydrates. So I always think, you know, PFC balance, where's my protein, my fat, and my carbohydrates. And with the carbohydrate part, I try to focus on real food carbohydrates. So like vegetable and fruit carbohydrates are always my, my main choice. Um, so that would be breakfast. And then a few hours later, usually mid-morning, I'll have a smoothie. And I'll usually just use like a scoop or two of protein powder for protein because that's easy. You can also drop in, you know, an egg or two. And then healthy fat. I usually use the other half of that avocado. Or I might put a couple tablespoons of nut butter in there for healthy fat. So with fat, I try to always get at least a couple tablespoons every time I eat. And some people do better with a little bit more, some people with a little bit less, but I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb. And then um, for carbohydrate, I put in just a big handful of spinach. Um, so that's my PFC balanced smoothie. That's kind of what my morning looks like. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. I love it. <laughs> okay, awesome. For lunch, I try to get in a lot of veggie carbohydrates. So I think of like having a big salad. But you know, the problem with salads, a lot of people will say, I get so hungry when I have a salad for lunch. And I usually find that that's the case when they're not adding enough fat or protein. 
And right. especially if they order a salad at a restaurant, because usually they skimp on the fat or protein and protein, because that's kind of what's, you know, the more expensive components of the salad. So mm-hmm. I make sure at lunch, my protein is about the thickness and circumference of the palm of my hand. So that's about how much chicken I'll have, you know, maybe like four or five ounces. And then for fat, again, a couple tablespoons. Um, so usually... You know, I might, I might, I love avocado. I might chop that up a little bit. I might put some olives on there. I'll put some sunflower seeds, or you could just do, you know, one of those, maybe a couple of tablespoons of sunflower seeds or something like that. And I usually use a little olive oil on top. So I'm definitely having, you know, quite a, quite a bit of fat at lunchtime. And that's really that and the protein are really what hold me over. So we don't get that big crash after what a lot of people will have, you know, for lunch, what's considered, you know, standard American diet lunch. When you're thinking a sandwich with a couple pieces of bread or even pasta or something like that, it's really going to cause you to crash an hour or two later. So having the fat and the protein in there is what keeps me going in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And then usually I'll have an afternoon snack. It's pretty small because I'm usually not hungry. Um, my goal is to stay ahead of my hunger. So instead of waiting until I'm, you know, starving and think about eating, sometimes I even set an alarm on my phone to make sure I'm eating every few hours because that's what works best for me. And then I don't have the food cravings that I used to have whenever my blood sugar levels would just hit rock bottom because when you crash is when you crave. So mid afternoon, maybe around three o'clock or so, I usually do like canned tuna or canned chicken or canned salmon just because it's super easy. And I can just have like a can of that and mix in a couple tablespoons of olive oil. Um, and then I might do some chopped up grapes or some chopped up celery for my carbohydrate. So again, it's PFC balance. I can eat it with a fork, you know, while I'm working. It doesn't require a lot of, a lot of extra work to make that happen. And then dinner, you know, is usually just a typical dinner. What a lot of people think dinner looks like, it's going to be my protein source, again, probably four or five ounces, whether that's beef or chicken, or I love fish. Salmon is my favorite. Um, and then I'll have, you know, I usually put, put um, that over either. I might have some rice, but I usually do more of like the stir fry vegetables. And then I'll make sure to put tons of butter on there. So at least a few <laughs> tablespoons of melted butter or coconut oil for my fat. So I've got my protein, my fat, and my carbohydrate. And then, um, you know, I might have another salad or something on the side for dinner. And then before bed, this is one of my favorite misconceptions. I love to do myth busting. And one of my favorite myths to bust is not having a bedtime snack because we find that for myself and a lot of our clients, having a snack before bed helps them sleep really, really well. And it can help them with weight loss too, because it keeps um, your blood sugar levels stable while you're sleeping. And that promotes glucagon, your fat burning hormone to come out and burn fat for energy while you're sleeping. So the key with the bedtime snack though, is it's not the typical bedtime snack we think of popcorn, you know, ice cream, big bowl of cereal, things like that. Um, my goal with the bedtime snack is to just have some carbohydrate and some fat. So half of a sweet potato with a couple of tablespoons of butter melted over it, maybe with some cinnamon sprinkled on top. Um, another quick option would be a handful of grapes and a handful of nuts. So that's your fat and your carbohydrate. This is the only time I'm omitting the P from my PFC formula because for myself and for a lot of our clients, we find that protein before bed, it boosts your metabolism so much, it can actually make it hard to fall asleep. Hmm. Sleep is so important. We want to make sure we're not eating a snack that's going to like, you know, interfere with that. So hmm. a little bit of carbohydrate and a little bit of fat is my goal before bed. Mm-hmm. And I love how you do not skimp on the fat. And anyone who would know you who have seen who has seen you you wouldn't look like someone who would eat a lot of fat probably from the way that we tend to think about fat so obviously fat does not create fat in the body it's just it's it's a, it is a misconception 
And well, I wish it was a different word. We should right. call fat like energy or brain power, right? Metabolism boosting or something like that. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. And and so understanding how how it works in the body is really key. And I think for a lot of people, will think, oh, well, if I you know, eat less calories throughout the day, or if I skip meals, it's going to be less calories overall. So it's less that my body is going to have to burn. But what ends up happening, like you said, you get that crash of your blood sugar and then your, your stress hormones kick in. And that allows you to have, cause you, the thing is you have to have a steady level of blood sugar at all times. So if you're not eating it, your body's going to find it somewhere. And so what happens is your liver dumps out this, this sugar. And then that's, you, you know, you get, well, you get that spike in cortisol, which tells the liver to dump out sugar. And then your pancreas has to take care of that by, by secreting insulin. And, and so that's where you get that fat storage. So the more that you're skipping meals, actually, the more that you actually store fat. So it's less, it's not really what you would think, but that's how the body works. So I love how you're saying you're keeping your blood sugar stable and beyond just that. I mean, that's keeping the mood stable. It's keeping your brain function going. And if you find that you're getting that hangry kind of thing going, if you, if you skip a meal and you're getting the brain fog, you want to kill someone, that's when you have crazy road rage, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, we've all been there, but having consistent blood sugar will help to really smooth that out. Well, that's everything. And I love that you're mentioning the stress response too, because a lot of people have no idea how you can gain weight when you're stressed independent of your nutrition without even any eating any more or less or differently. Plus, you know, double whammy on top of that. A lot of times when we're stressed, we reach for things that actually slow down our metabolism and pack on pounds on our waistline. So we want to make sure we're, especially when we're stressed out, we're focusing on eating balanced and especially eating healthy fat. And I'm so glad you mentioned that I don't skimp at all. And the reason why it's so important to not only, you know, don't skimp on the fat, but don't skimp in general, because, you know, when you're trying to boost your metabolism, counting calories or restricting is the last thing you want to be doing. I think of it like a car because, you know, calories are energy that fuel our bodies and help them run just like gasoline fuels our cars. You wouldn't expect your car to run better if you take away the gas. So why do we expect our bodies to work better when we deprive them of what they need, calories and fat? Yeah, right, exactly. So I know that you probably have so many cool little tips and tricks to help keep your metabolism boosted. So with all the thousands of clients you worked worked with over the years, what are some ways that you see that people get in their own way? So besides skipping meals, what are ways that we can get in our own way and make it to where our metabolism can, can suffer? Yeah. I think that one of, you know, one of the big things is sleep Yeah, because, and that's a great, you know, non-food fat burning component that, that we talk to our clients about. And that I have a whole chapter on in my book because you know, what you do in bed matters when it comes to keeping mm-hmm. your metabolism boosted, you know, sleep quantity and quality are, are crucial because sleep is connected to how we eat, what we eat and how we feel. And it even controls hormones that impact your metabolism and whether you're burning fat or storing fat. And a lot of times we see this happen over and over. We see clients who come to us and they seem to be eating all the right foods. You know, they say, they say, you know, I'm eating PFC balance perfectly. And I read your book inside and out. I've done all these things, but what's, why, why is it not working And one of the first things we look at is sleep because you can be eating all the right foods at all the right times, but if you're sleeping like crap, then it just messes up your hormonal balance, which is so critical for weight loss to happen. And since we know weight loss isn't just about burning calories, it's actually counterproductive to lose sleep just to wake up earlier to hop on a treadmill, which is something I think all of us have done at one point or another. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a big one I work with, with my patients is 
I've had patients say, I'll get up at four, four thirty in the morning to get my workout in. And they're busy moms who's taking care of everyone else. And it's like, wait a second, we got to start to kind of re-educate that your sleep is probably going to give you more of a benefit than getting up and doing your cardio at four in the morning. Let's be real. Exactly. And it's hard to unbrainwash ourselves from that way of thinking. I used to do that every single day. I mean, for years I would, I was always sleep deprived because it was so important or so I thought to be, you know, hopping on that elliptical and doing that whole hamster rat race. And it just, it it didn't help anything. It actually made me gain weight during that time. Um, you know, and so speaking of exercise, we could actually smoothly transition into talking about that a little bit too. Let's do it. Yeah. So with exercise, I'm a former marathon runner. And the reality Mm -hmm. is that running marathons never actually did me any good, at least not for my waistline, Mm -hmm. because doing too much exercise in general and, you know, putting miles and miles pounding the pavement like that can be a reason why we hold on to that last 15 or 20 pounds. And we see this a ton with our clients. They're exercising like crazy. And this really ties back into how it's not just about calories and why they're not losing weight when they're exercising so much, because, you know, we've just been told burn more than you take in and you'll lose weight. But, you know, so with that in mind, it's no wonder we spend hours upon hours exercising. But the reality is, you know, if you look at the research nowadays, more people have gym memberships than ever before. And we're also heavier than we've ever been. And to this day, there's not a single research study showing that exercise alone causes significant weight loss and certainly not sustainable weight loss. Hmm. There's a lot more to it than that. And one of the things that we explain to our clients, um, one of the main reasons that burning tons of calories through exercise can still result in not losing a single pound or even cause you to gain weight is um, because, well, a couple of things, cortisol and inflammation, because too much exercise, just like we were talking about before, is it's a stressor. And stress causes your body to release, you know, cortisol, which spikes your blood sugar levels. And that sugar gets stored as fat. So that's part of it. But then the other part is the inflammation you create in your body from too much exercise without enough rest. Right. And essentially that inflammation is draining your metabolism because your body is just always focused on healing. So if we're exercising too much or for too long, there's an abundance of inflammation happening that your body isn't getting a break from. So it just keeps on compounding and compounding and your body is constantly fighting fires happening inside of you, essentially. Right. And that's where the cortisol piece comes in. We, we tend to think of cortisol, especially for anyone listening who listens to a lot of podcasts, you probably hear about cortisol and think that it's the villain, but cortisol is incredibly important to your health. Cortisol is anti-inflammatory. So bringing those two things together... Like Cassie's saying, if you're doing a lot of exercise, over-exercising, you're creating more inflammation, and then your body's going to have more of an elevation of cortisol to put out that fire. But the problem with, with too much elevated cortisol is it has you hold on to fat. And so it's like putting a lock on your fat cells. You just can't burn them because it's your body really trying to hold on to its resources. Your body's really, really smart. So if there's more inflammation, um, if there's more, um, you know, disruptive blood sugar, if there's more stress going on, the body's going to have more of that cortisol because it's there to help you. But one of the downsides is going to have you hold on to fat because your body, especially let's say you go into a marathon and you're already coming from, uh, you're, you're just wiped already. Your adrenals are wiped. Your energy reserves are wiped. Um, there really is such thing as an adrenal reserve. It's like your energy bank account. So if you're already overdrawn and you're going into doing a marathon, your body is not going to let go of that fat because it needs it for energy. It needs it for, for fuel. So it's, it's your body being really smart. So understanding that and working with your body as opposed to against your, your natural physiology is really important. 
Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because our body is really, really smart. And the main thing is it wants, it wants to keep you alive and it wants you to have energy. And that's exactly why counting calories for weight loss doesn't make any sense either. Because when you deprive your body of the energy it needs, it just fights back and it actually conserves energy by slowing down your metabolism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why when we think it's doing ourselves a favor to skip snacks when we're hungry, it's actually not because your body's like, well, I don't know when she's going to eat again. So I'm just going to hang on to everything we have right now and just burn less of it. And that's why you feel tired and crabby and hangry in the process. Mm-hmm. It's like this lose-lose battle. that you're, you're, It's a battle you're destined to lose. Yes, right. So, okay, let's say we have someone listening who is maybe a chronic marathon runner or someone who's running a lot or doing a lot of the chronic cardio. And they're afraid that if they get off that hamster wheel, they're going to gain a bunch of weight. So how do they make that transition to changing the kind of exercise they're doing that's going to work with the body as opposed to constantly you know, on that hamster wheel? That's a huge real fear. We see that all the time. People are afraid to slow down the exercise because they feel like that's what's actually managing their weight. The thing is, you don't have to stop exercising completely. You know, I I think one thing that you can start doing is incorporating more of the types of exercise that boost your metabolism and, you know, work, work into doing more of the right types of workouts. So those, you know, I always think the best types of workouts are short bursts of resistance or strength training plus the high intensity intervals that really get your heart rate up without promoting that inflammation. So they're shorter workouts. They're kind of more of like the CrossFit style. And I think, you know, CrossFit can be great too, as long as you have the right form and you're not overdoing it every single day. Um, but like these hit, hit workouts, they're called the high intensity interval training would be these short intervals of intense activity, like, like 15, 20 seconds of jumping jacks followed by 15 seconds of rest and doing that, you know, with different activities mixed in like lunges, um, you know, burpees and different things like that for even 10 or 15 minutes. And that sounds like for a lot of runners, especially as I know, cause I used to be in this mentality that sounds like hardly any exercise, but if you're doing that for like five minutes, you're going to be exhausted. And right. these are the types of exercise that really boost metabolism. So we try to have, you know, the transition period of doing all these like long runs, like every single day to switch out at least a few of those, or maybe even just starting with one or two to doing more of the um, high intense, shorter duration exercise and then moving more towards that. And I'm not saying you have to start, stop running completely. I think running can still be part of your routine, but it's just, you know, when you're pounding and pounding every single day, putting in, you know, five, 10, some people are putting in more miles than that on a daily basis. And that's what really drains your metabolism. Yes. And, and balancing it out with, with a type of movement that is restorative. I think that the more, of the output of exercise you're doing, you got to do more of the inner kind of healing, nurturing type of fitness. So, and, and I get it, you guys, if you are one of those, I got to, you know, burn as many calories as possible. It's hard to retrain your mind to go and do a restorative yoga class. (laughs) You may feel like I am wasting my freaking time. This isn't doing anything, but trust me, it's doing a lot. So I'm, and I'm speaking from experience. I was one of those people who hated yoga. If you guys listened to one of our recent shows on the healing benefits of yoga, I talk about how much I hated yoga because I thought it was so boring. And I was like, this isn't doing anything. But the more that I did it, the more I realized I was the person who really, really needed it because I needed to calm my mind, bring my my whole nervous system into more of a parasympathetic kind of rest and digest mode. And that has helped my metabolism more than anything. So balancing out the two kinds of activities is is really key. And that's always how it works, isn't it? The ones of us who think we don't need yoga are the ones who really need it the most. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I found that I, I started to crave it and 
And it was helping me to stay more calm throughout my day. So I wasn't getting those spikes of my stress response or the spikes of my cortisol, you know? And, and so bringing more walking, I swear, walking at least once a day, I, I really push to do walking in the morning before I go to work and also at my lunch. So I eat my lunch and then go on a walk in between seeing patients. Doing that with yoga, I swear, has changed my life. And that has helped me to just stay a lot more calm throughout my day, not have those spikes of my cortisol. And I've lost some weight as a result without even trying, like you said. Yeah. And that's going to boggle the mind of a lot of people. I've, I've noticed that exact same thing happened in my life back when I used to be trying to control my weight and lose weight by over-exercising and eating low fat and you know doing all these things that were actually really stressful on my body that caused me to gain weight, running marathons. Now I do the opposite. I, you know, I do a CrossFit style workout twice a week, but I'm doing, I'm having an active lifestyle. Otherwise I, I did like a 15 minute hike before we hopped on this call. Not very long, not very far, yeah. but it just got my blood pumping between appointments. And, you know, and I, I meditate more and I pray more and I do yoga twice a week, which I probably should do a little bit more than that, but I'm trying to just incorporate all of these different things in. And really that's what makes for a balanced lifestyle. And yeah. we need to have all these systems in place, all these puzzle pieces put together in order for our bodies to work the way that we want them to. And you and I are both, you know, we're, we're walking experiments and we've both noticed such huge life-changing results because of it. Um, so I would, you know, and I would always, I always tell our, our clients, at least, you know, try these things for a little while because usually by the time they come to us, they've tried everything and nothing has worked. So yeah. they're pretty ready to try something different. And it can be really extreme to, to think of, you know, stopping exercising or just, you know, reducing your workouts um, to these shorter, you know, workouts every single day and adding more fat. This is a lot of like unbrainwashing that needs to happen, but right. just give it a try because you'll just, gosh, I, you know, I've never seen someone that hasn't noticed a life-changing difference from incorporating these, these different areas into their life. Yeah, definitely. And I love that you said you, you took a 15 minute hike before hopping on the call and it, it doesn't have to look like a two hour, you know, hike with it, with your heart rate in a particular range, just get outside and get some movement. And then the research does show that breaking up your exercise into smaller chunks is as beneficial as doing it in one bigger section. So it's okay. If you just, if you only have time to go for a walk for 10 minutes, get outside, get some fresh air, that's already going to bring your, your stress levels down and just get some movement. And it does make a difference. So every little bit that you can do, it, it, it makes a big impact. It does. And I think we feel like it doesn't, you know, park, you know, park in the furthest spot in the parking lot. We hear all these things and we're like, yeah, well, how much does that really matter? But it really, really does. Those little things add up. I think because we see shows like the biggest loser that just, you know, tell us that we have to be exercising like all day long in order to see results. That's how we get into that, that unhealthy um, mindset. And it's just this vicious cycle. So we really need to step out of it and really see the full picture here of health and metabolism yeah. And that's, that's what you're doing with the show too. So that's just awesome. So you, you talked about little ways that people can get in their own way. We talked about skipping meals. We talk about not getting good enough sleep. What are other ways that we kind of sabotage our losing weight? It may be alcohol. Are there other things that you see with your clients? Yeah. Alcohol, definitely. And that's always a, <laughs> it's always a touchy one. You know, we'll have clients. Right. I will do anything. They'll say, I'll do anything you tell me to do, but you're not taking away my two glasses of red wine right. every day. 
mean? <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, we can, we can work around that for a little while, but when it really comes down to it, you've got to think about what your priorities are. And I'm, I'm all for having a balanced lifestyle. I mean, I love my wine too. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be a total Debbie Downer here, but if you're really on a mission to, um, you know, to, to lose weight and boost your metabolism, then you might want to cut out alcohol for a little, a little while, because really your liver has to put fat burning on the back burner while it tries to detoxify. Just like we were talking about earlier, your body always has these, it has its priorities and it might be different than yours. Um, so if you're putting alcohol in your body, it's just giving it an extra job instead of having it focus on fat burning. So um, you know, I, I think, I think that's, that's, that's one that's always a little bit touchy of a topic, but, um, you know, for people that do still want to have drinks and they, they do still want to have weight loss as a goal and still want to boost their metabolism. I would say, you know, my favorite mixed drink is soda water with either a shot of vodka or tequila and just put fresh squeeze lime in there. That's going to be a better option than, you know, going big and having some of those frou-frou drinks that are just full of sugar and who knows what else in them. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. So there's ways that you can tweak what you're currently doing and make it a little easier on your body to, you know, to detox that. And it's not going to spike that blood sugar in the same way as maybe a glass of wine, which is processed a little bit more similar to that. Or doing, like you said, doing a, a drink that has all the little, like a margarita or sangria, which my favorite drink is a sangria, but it has a lot of sugar in it. So knowing that is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially if you're going to have a few of those, you know, sometimes people go out with that mindset, they're going to have a few drinks. Well, then I think it's definitely important to stick with soda water as your mixer and add some alcohol to that. Cause then you're also kind of like hydrating a little bit in the process too. Yeah. Think of it that way. I um, would love to hear of, of any particular success stories you're excited about any clients you've worked with who've had some big, huge, you know, shifts in their health. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of a, a client who she came to us and a lot of our clients come to us and say this, they say, good luck figuring me out. I've right. been on every diet ever. And you know, the, the great thing is we don't actually need luck because we have the specific process that we put them through. And we, we take them through, um, these different components that I mentioned that I outline in my book that are really the, 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 the hidden keys to unlocking that stu- their stubborn weight loss. And a lot of these, which we're talking about here today. Um, but this one woman in particular, she, she, came to us and she had already had her thyroid checked and she didn't have any food sensitivities according to the test. And she had just done all these tests over the years and really, really, um, couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And eventually when it came down to it, we had her cut out dairy and she said she'd already cut out dairy before. So at first, when she first came to us, we didn't really think that might be the issue because she said she'd already done that. But, um, the reason I'm bringing this up too, is because we find that with a lot of women, you can be sensitive to dairy without having a full blown allergy to it. And if you're sensitive to something and you're putting that something in your body every single day, then your body is, it's just like inflammation. It's just like these stressors we were talking about, your body is going to just focus on that and getting rid of that. So she actually ended up being sensitive to dairy without knowing it because, you know, she wasn't having, um, she wasn't having bloating or gas. We think of digestive issues when we think about a dairy sensitivity. Um, But for her, it was actually also causing migraine headaches which was like an afterthought that she mentioned to us a few appointments in. She's like, oh, you know, I, I also am getting these crazy bad migraine headaches, but I've had them my whole life. So, you know, a lot of times when something happens over the course of a long time, we end up to think, we end, we end up thinking it's just something wrong with us. We don't think that there's any other like way of actually living. So she figured that was just like part of how life goes for her. Right. And um, it really took up, took, took giving, having her take out dairy for um, actually probably the second week into it, she realized her, she didn't have any migraines. And then about four weeks in, she started to lose weight 
and we figured out that, you know, she'd been eating yogurt every day. She wasn't drinking milk, but she had some cream in her coffee. And that can be such a hard thing to cut out, especially if you don't have a reason to. So she didn't think any of that was affecting her. So she was really, really reluctant to do this. And um, also interesting is that I'm, I'm bringing this up too, because this is one of the food related factors. We see a lot of, you know, hormonal imbalance and thyroid issues. We look way beyond food, but sometimes it can be something as simple or as, you know, complex because we don't think of it as a food sensitivity. And you can be eating all the right things, but if you're putting something into your body that your body is sensitive to, you're just not going to lose weight and you're not going to feel good. Right. Right. So because she actually ended up losing about 50 pounds over the course of her coaching program with us. And this was like 50 pounds that she'd been trying to lose following every diet on the planet for like yeah. the last 25 years. It's great. <laughs> so, and, and to her, you know, and a lot of people will hear this story and they might think, well, gosh, I could never cut out dairy. Well, you know, if it's affecting you every day of your life for 25 years and it makes you not want to get dressed in the morning and untag yourself from pictures on Facebook because you just hate how you look and suddenly you figure out what that thing is and you cut it out and your whole life changes. So it's actually been pretty easy for her to keep yeah. dairy. She doesn't even miss it because she feels so awesome. Totally. And I love that you said it, uh, it took about four weeks and she started to see a difference. It wasn't like within a week she started to drop pounds. So, you know, you got to have that patience because it took a while to get to that place. So it can take some yes. time for it to go the opposite direction. And the other cool thing too is it can, like things can affect us in so many ways beyond what we even know. I mean, she, she even pointed out on her arm, she had, when she first came in, she had like this white flaky, it looked like powder on her arms. And she's like, that completely disappeared. And then her skin used to break out all the time. And I mean, her skin is super clear and she never really thought those were, you know, huge issues. It just kind of bothered her, but not that much. And just figured that's the way it was. And all of these, you know, her migraines completely went away. These were debilitating for her at least once a month, usually more often. Yeah. So, you know, and really she came to us because she wanted to lose weight. And it's amazing how once you get, you know, these pieces, put these pieces of the puzzle together, I always like to think of it as like this big puzzle and we're just identifying the pieces and putting them together. And once that happens, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, and it's actually something that can, you can stick with too. It's not just a diet. Like you said, the biggest loser, and then, you know, you change, you know, you go back to the way you used to eat and it all comes coming back on, but it's something that's more long-term. And, and I, I really do believe the more that you get your hormones balanced out, you get your, you know, really focus on making these changes in terms of lifestyle, weight loss just naturally happens. It's not something that has to be necessarily the focus. It totally does. Do I have time for like a really short other Please. client story? Yeah. Okay. So just because you just said that I had this other client who was working with us for an entire year and we really couldn't figure her out. I mean, we, we thought we had covered every base with her and she was a nurse manager, super busy woman. Um, but she was, you know, sleeping and seemed to be doing all the right things, even with our help balancing her hormones and thyroid and all these different areas. And then, you know what happened with her? She went on a 10 day vacation and she's like a super outdoorsy person, but she never had time for the outdoors because she was working all the time. And on this 10 day vacation, she couldn't bring her cell phone or her pager because she went camping out in the woods somewhere. And she came back, she'd lost 10 pounds and she'd actually entered this vacation pretty afraid because she was going with friends and they were going to be drinking. And she thought for sure she was going to actually end up gaining weight during this, but she came back and having lost weight. And she said, you know what? I think I know what it was. I didn't have my pager on me. Work mm. couldn't contact me. I wasn't on social media all day long on my phone. So we identified it, you know, with, well, she pretty much identified it, that she, stress was blocking her. Stress right. was blocking her from losing weight. So after that, um, we figured out a way to incorporate candlelight yoga on Friday nights and a couple other meditative classes during the week. And this was like stuff that we'd been talking to her about for a year. But it's one, it's those things that people are just like, 
yeah, you know, I don't have time for that. It's probably right. good for other people, not me. I, I can't do it. So she did all this stuff. And I mean, she went on to lose 25 pounds within the next month or so. And so then she decided I've got to incorporate a vacation every, every few months. Yeah. She had all this vacation time, but just never had time to use it. And it was affecting her weight. Mm, I'm sure most of us can relate to that. <laughs> That's yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty dramatic change, I think, because she took away, you know, technology completely for 10 days. And I know that a lot of people can't do that, but really, I mean, just having a cutoff, you know, not using technology or phones or computers, maybe, you know, an hour or two before you go to bed and trying to incorporate some of these things that we've been talking about, you know, yoga and, and, and prayer and meditation and journaling and breaks throughout your day, that's going to be hopefully just as effective, but at least more effective than what you're doing now by not doing those things. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about some really, really awesome things that we can all implement. And so to make it super actionable and simple, if you could give our listeners one step to start with, what would that be? Gosh, you know what? I think I have to say eat more fat (laughs) because I like to add before I take anything away. And that's what I love about adding fat is it helps to keep you away from sugar and carbohydrates and it keeps you full and it helps you think more clearly and it supports your waistline. And um, a lot of times I'm the first dietitian people here say this because I understand that eating fat to lose fat really goes against everything we've been taught about weight loss from, you know, doctors and dietitians alike for a long time. But we really do need healthy fat for metabolism to work properly. And it, it boosts your metabolism because it acts as a buffer for the sugar and the carbs you consume. So every time you eat, eat fat, a couple tablespoons of fat, it's going to help slow down the assimilation of sugar in your bloodstream, which helps promote those stable blood sugar levels that we've been talking about this whole time, which is really required for boosted metabolism and weight loss. Um, So, you know, we're talking about avocado, coconut oil, coconut milk, olive oil, olives. If you don't have a food sensitivity, other options could be butter, nuts, seeds, you know, nut and seed butters, cheese, heavy cream or double cream like over here in Scotland. Um, but you know, of course, um, with, with food intolerance, we want to make sure that we can tolerate those, but the key is finding fats that work for you, healthy fats and eating more of them. Mm-hmm. So I think a couple tablespoons every time you eat is a really good starting point. Maybe Love that's it. adding, you know, coconut milk to your smoothie, sliced avocado or olives to your salad, or even just like a big spoonful of coconut oil, um, to your coffee, but just mm-hmm. starting there. I love it. Very, very doable. All of us could add more fat starting right now. And it's right now. <laughs> food tastes better and make us happier. And I love that. So Cassie, where can my listeners learn more about you and where can they pick up your book? Well, dietitiancassie.com is where the party starts. My book is available there and we covered a few metabolism boosting tips today. And if you head over to dietitiancassie.com, you can grab my free metabolism boosters guide. The secret half tip is a doozy. It's 5.5 metabolism boosters. So I'll give you that if you head over to my website. I love it. That's very enticing. It makes me want to go sign up myself. <laughs> well, I love the work you're doing. I just want to acknowledge you of just how much you're helping people and really putting a lot of your pain into your purpose and your passion of helping people. So it's amazing the work you're doing. Keep it up. And thank you so much for spending some time with us on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for giving me this opportunity to help doing some, you know, do some myth busting and have me on the show. I really appreciate the work that you're doing too, Dr. Lowe. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your trip in Scotland and we'll talk soon. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.